For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Before we get started with today's show, I want to tell you guys about betonline.ag. The big game is upon us once again, and just like every year, Kansas City is back in the Super Bowl, but additionally, every year on the Take It Easy podcast, we have to get you set for the most important bet you will make during Super Bowl Sunday. That is, of course, what color Gatorade is going to dunk the winning head coach after the Super Bowl. Now, traditionally, you would suspect that red would be the color to go for. I mean, Kansas City is red, San Francisco's red, there are different variations in colors, but guess what? Kansas City has won two of the last four Super Bowls, no red on the Gatorade color. In fact, red has not been the Gatorade color of choice in any of the previous 22 Super Bowls. Red never comes up on the Super Bowl odds list. So don't fall into the trap this year of thinking red is going to be the color. Instead, the favorite is the yellow-green color Gatorade, which, depending on where you gamble, you can get yellow and green at different colors, but the lemon-lime color of Gatorade is the favorite at plus 150. Orange and red tied at 275, blue at 400, and then at plus 450 we have purple. Now it's important to remember purple because purple was the winning color last year at the Super Bowl. When Kansas City beat Philadelphia, it was purple Gatorade that came through. And that was surprising because it was the first time in 11 years that purple Gatorade had been the Gatorade color of choice to dunk the winning head coach, not since the New York Giants won the Super Bowl in 2012. So it's an interesting conversation here. You could get the the lemon-lime color, perennially the favorite, most common type you're going to find, orange, a strong candidate, but if you're looking for a good value play this year, plus 400 on blue is a good choice, because blue has been the color of choice in three of the previous five Super Bowls. Blue was the Patriots' choice after they won the Super Bowl against the Rams, which again, Patriot blue, Ram blue, you could understand the color choice there. Blue was the color for the Buccaneers when Tom Brady won the Super Bowl. Blue was the color of choice when the Rams won the Super Bowl two years ago in Los Angeles. There's so many different options and so many different colors. Blue at plus 400 is the value play of the year. It is historically the most common color of choice, and even though last year we went with purple, blue is perennially at the top of the list. And last year, blue was the favorite. This year, blue's coming in at a long shot plus 400. I think blue is the play to go with for this year's big game color. Now, here's the fun catch. When you go to Bet Online Sportsbook with the link in the description of this episode and use our promo code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V, you get a 50% welcome bonus on your original deposit. And if you take that 50% welcome bonus and put it all onto blue to win the Super Bowl, you're not getting plus 400 odds, you're getting plus 600 what you originally would have made. So you could make six times your money by betting on blue to be the color of Gatorade that is chosen when Kansas City wins the big game on Sunday. 
Was this three and a half minutes of big game analysis? Yes, it was. Was it three and a half minutes of deciding what color is going to be the Gatorade bath at the end of the game? You're damn right. And it was three and a half minutes well spent, and you should take this information, go to Bet Online Sportsbook, and make your picks today. Bet Online, where the game starts. Last week when we talked Bill Belichick, it seemed like a sure thing that he was going to the Atlanta Falcons. All the rumors, sack in interview, it seemed like he was going to the Falcons. Did not happen. You mentioned the Washington Commanders. You mentioned they got money to spare. They're going to be throwing out the big dollar signs. Didn't happen. Harbaugh went to the Chargers. So where does that leave Bill Belichick? Well, it looks like he's heading to television as no one out of, what, we had eight, nine vacancies? No one is hiring the second all-time winningest head coach, a guy that has six Super Bowl rings as a head coach, two as a defensive coordinator. No, that guy is going to have to sit on the sidelines while a bunch of first-year head coaches get their shot. Uh, Kyle Ledbetter, are you surprised at this development that Bill Belichick is not getting a job this offseason when plenty of jobs were open? Is the answer yes and no here? I feel like it's kind of, yes, I'm surprised that Bill Belichick is not going to be coaching next season but no, I'm not surprised that any of the jobs didn't end up going for him because, or, or, or that they couldn't find a mutually agreeable terms by which to coach. Because the way Bill Belichick seemed to be going about this was like it was on his terms and he was going to, he wanted to have the ability to bring his philosophy and have a level of control that was incredibly successful when it was in New England. I mean, it's why he, he was the longest tenured coach of both of our lifetimes is because of that level of control that he was able to maintain over both the locker room and the front office. And, and that's just not really going to exist wherever he goes, unless you have an ownership group who is willing to cede control over to him. And, and I understood why the Falcons were skeptical about going after Belichick. I mean, the person they ended up hiring Raheem Morris is someone who was an assistant coach there for six years. Uh, he was the interim coach when Dan Quinn got fired. They they went for someone who was more familiar with what they're running there. And, and honestly, I think that's not the worst thing in the world because bringing in Belichick means a complete change in philosophy. And I'm not sure that's what the Falcons were looking for at the end of the day, or maybe there were too many asks and demands and things of those sorts uh, of Belichick on the personnel side. So that was the only job that I think was really in, in the picture for Belichick. I think Washington decided early on in the process they were going for a full-scale rebuild and they they wanted to go hire uh, Adam Peters from San Francisco to run the the football operations side of things. Washington just went in a different direction. Uh, the Chargers went in a different direction, even though I don't think the Bill Belichick thing was ever really in the ballpark for the Chargers because uh, yeah. the Chargers are the Chargers and Bill Belichick's too good for some of these jobs. And this is what's going to end up happening even in next year's cycle. It's what is the fit? What is the match of Bill Belichick's type A personality wanting to to bring his his philosophy full stop into whatever the new place is going to be and a team that is willing to secede that level of control to a 74 going a potentially 75 year old Bill Belichick. It's just, it's trying to figure out the match that's going to work. And uh, there wasn't one this cycle. Yeah. It's a little bit disappointing to me if Bill Belichick approached any of these jobs too 
going in demanding that he would get player personnel, given that, well, let's face it, that was his biggest shortcoming in this last decade in New England. I feel as though um, Bill Belichick, with some humility, should have like looked at the situation and thought, okay, if I could get a smart GM, kind of like when I was first starting out in New England, get a smart GM to pair with, then maybe we could figure this team thing out together. Because it's clear that Bill Belichick needs help at this point. He's still an excellent coach, but as far as a GM, we know that that's been the issue. That was why New England was ready to move off of him. Like the fact that we're even in this situation where Bill Belichick is a free agent is purely based off what he did as a GM, not what he was doing as a coach. So when I look at the situations that were on the table, the Falcons, which already built out a pretty strong roster, just needed to figure out the quarterback or the commanders where at least you would similar with New England, I guess, have a top three draft pick to work with. And you could potentially build the roster out from there, especially with, again, money to spare with that organization at the moment. Um, so there's, you know, there's a couple good situations there from a ability to build out the roster standpoint that he didn't really have in New England because the roster was just kind of like set with what it was because let's face it, he ruined the roster. So that that's why I think is a missed opportunity for Belichick because I, I think the Falcons would have been a unique opportunity compared to like what you're, we're going to see in this potential next coaching cycle. Um, and we'll talk about those a little bit here. So we were kind of like workshopping, like what jobs will be open next year? Because Bill Belichick does like a year of TV and he, he'll be great for TV. He'll bring like strong analysis to wherever he goes. Uh, we saw him do the NFL 100 list a couple years ago, and he was excellent in that. He actually is a surprising guy for as much of a curmudgeon as Bill Belichick is. He's actually surprisingly good on television whenever he's asked to be. Um, so look forward to that this year. Um, but like as far as coaching opportunities, next coaching cycle, I'm, if coach is entering the hot seat, right? We have to think Mike McCarthy, if things don't work out in Dallas this year, he's probably on the hot seat. That would be a whole thing with him, Jerry Jones, potentially if Bill Belichick was to go there. Philadelphia, looks like Nick Sirianni survived. Can he survive again if Philly doesn't take a step forward after this most recent disaster that was? Uh, Eberflus, you know, he got another year in Chicago, surprisingly. He's going to get a, the top draft pick this year. Presumably, Caleb Williams is going to Chicago. If that doesn't work out in the rookie season, well, I guess Bill Belichick could potentially go there. The New York teams, Robert Sulla, seems like he's on his last legs. Brian Dayball, things kind of got ugly there. The Giants, you know, obviously they have some history with Bill Belichick. He was their defensive coordinator for two of their Super Bowl runs. So those are five openings that stand out. I'm sure I'm missing a couple opportunities to guys that are kind of on the fringe. Uh, which which ones are jumping out the gate to you? Uh, the other, the only other one I could really think of that like jumped out at me was the Saints job. Like the Saints job will probably be open at the end of next year because uh, they they gave. Dennis Allen and Derek Carr, two years to figure this thing yeah. out. and Just uh, cap disaster, though. I don't think that that would be a great fit. I don't know if any of these are going to be great fits for Belichick. It's it's just, it's a real tough chicken in the egg situation. And I thought about this the, the day that I was watching Belichick at the press conference with Robert Kraft, which I guess wasn't really a press conference because they didn't take any questions. But at the at the meeting where they they both agreed that they would uh, they would show face and, and uh you know, hug and shake hands and, and say this was a, a mutual parting of ways. I was thinking about that, how. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, 
you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The legendary coach who doesn't get to retire on his own terms is something that we just haven't seen in the NFL in both of our lifetimes i mean this used to be a a pretty standard thing back uh, in the 70s 80s and 90s i mean chuck knoll got fired by the steelers never coached again uh yep tom landry getting fired by the cowboys never coached again uh don shula got pushed out the door by the miami dolphins because they wanted to hire jimmy johnson i mean this is this has been a a thing that used to happen pretty consistently and all those legendary coaches because they they were quote unquote bigger than the organizations, th- there was no place that you could go into and really like step up and show out. I mean, you could go back to like, I don't know. Th- I mean, Jimmy Johnson himself going to the Dolphins, but that's a unique situation. Uh, Vince Lombardi coached in Washington for like two years before his death. Like you can point to some of those weird scenarios where a coach does get a second opportunity, but we've never had a coach bigger than the organization in the last. 25 years of NFL football and and Belichick was the Patriot way was Bill Belichick and Tom Brady bigger than the Patriot organization. You just said it there. You know, the Patriot way was Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. When Tom Brady was no longer there, there was no longer a Patriot way. The Patriot way died when Tom Brady walked out that door in New England and went to Tampa Bay. Like, yeah, we still had the philosophies of the Patriot way still lingering, but those just didn't work in practice without Tom Brady there to enact them on the field as the field general that is Tom Brady. They, they just couldn't translate that to the product that was being displayed by the New England Patriots. So now that we're here, I, again, I mentioned like which fits work the best. I, I again, when I go back to the Falcons, I think the things that work the best would be he needs a ready-made roster. Similar to like when John Gruden went over and took over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He needed a ready-made roster to jump into the Super Bowl contention. That's, again, why I like the Falcons. That's, again, why I like the Chargers, potentially. You know, you could have sold me on Bill Belichick and Justin Herbert pairing together and him turning around that defense. You could have sold me on them game, I don't know, Kirk Cousins in the door in Atlanta, working with those weapons, him fixing the defense over there. Um, Again, these rosters that we're looking at for the potential job openings. Okay, Dallas is popular, right? Dallas is one that jumps out the gate immediately because, hey, he worked with Lawrence Taylor back when he was a New York Giants defensive coordinator. He gets Micah Parsons, you know? Trevon Diggs would get back and healthy. We'll see if he can make that. He's made great defensive backs over the last few years, um, pulling guys out of his ass to just, like, go out there and be shut down corners, right? The offense... You know, the offense is still going to have presumably Dak Prescott there, CeeDee Lamb for a while. So the offensive weapons are there regardless of anything Bill Belichick does or doesn't do. Uh, Philly, uh, Jalen Hurts, you know, and that offense is going to have some question marks. We sort of saw Kellen Moore just came in as the OC there. Uh, If they keep A.J. Brown, if they keep Devontae Smith, if they keep that chemistry together, uh, that's going to dictate a lot how the Philly offense moves forward in the future. Their defense, they're losing a lot of stars. They're losing a lot of pieces. So by next year, I mean, it's already going to look like a different roster this coming season, but two years from now, essentially when Belichick would have the opportunity to take over that Philly roster, it might not look like the same Super Bowl contending Philly roster that we were looking at this past season. So I think that that might be troublesome as far as an opportunity standpoint. Uh, When it comes to the Giants, again, that's going to be a good heartfelt story if he goes there. Daniel Jones conundrum. What what do they do at quarterback if Daniel Jones Mm -hmm. is 
one, not healthy, and just two, just still much of the same, not making any positive leaps and bounds, right? Uh, defensively, we've seen some modicum of promise from some of their defenders, but uh, they haven't been able to string together a consistent defense, and they just get abused in the running game. Again, Bill Belichick, when we talk about him, we're talking about a guy that maximizes talent, right? Maximizes defensive talent specifically, I should say. Um, that that could be a game changer for their defense, but their offense, I mean, it, it would look like New England's offense right now to me. That's what that's part of the thing. It would still look like New England's offense. And then I mentioned the Jets. Okay. Aaron Rodgers, if he's still there somehow, some way, another year older of Rodgers, all these pieces. I mean, will they still have that same defensive roster that they currently have? I know, you know, they just signed like guys like Quinn and Williams to big extensions and whatnot to keep them around. Sauce Gardner is going to get paid by the time Bill Belichick comes in the door. So they'll, they'll still have some core pieces on defense. Uh, their offensive weapons is going to be largely dictated by their quarterback. As far as those situations go, uh, who's standing out is the best. It's Dallas, clearly, I think, out of the four teams I just mentioned, right? The Bears, I mean, again, rookie quarterback. We'll see. Caleb Williams, highly coveted prospect, but it, it's going to take a lot of development, and it's going to throw off his development if he literally has his second head coach in two years, regardless if that's Bill Belichick or not. Yeah, I think the the underlying point that you said is really true, which is if a playoff caliber team fires a head coach, that is an ideal position for Bill Belichick to enter because you just slide him into a team that's already ready-made and, and predict that that coach will bring you an X's and O's competitive advantage as compared to whoever the previous guy was. And, and while I don't think Salah has done a, a bad job with the New York Jets, I think the New York Jets... You know, it makes sense. Woody Johnson, obviously, Bill Belichick left that organization on some very hilarious terms. And so I don't know what the the reunion or reconciliation would look like 25 years later. You know what? I, I just remembered I missed another team while we're talking about AFC East teams. The Buffalo Bills. Nope. Nope. Ain't if McDermott's happen. not there, if if they fail again, come up short, something doesn't work right this season. I'm just saying Listen, we know no. Bill is a spiteful guy. At the end of the day, Bill Belichick is a spiteful ass motherfucker. So when but he looks at the New England Patriots just sitting there, you know, had, having let him go just a couple years prior, you're going to tell me he's not going to think, man, if I just came back with Josh Allen, the guy who like scored, what, seven straight touchdowns on me in the playoffs two years ago, if I fix this defense with still some of the core pieces they have on this team, I'm, I'm just saying he knows the area. He's lived in the Northeast. That would be a good fit if that job opening became available as well. That would be a truly, truly awful fit. I'm just going to put it out there. Like, that but would why? Be... Elaborate. Elaborate. So the Buffalo Bills don't need to, to reset this whole thing. Like, they don't need a complete culture shock to reset this thing. Buffalo is this close to getting over the hump. And the difference between this close and getting over the hump is not... The head coaching position. Well, the difference oh, there is health and offensive skill position players. That's the difference between Buffalo getting over the hump and not. It's not are, completely resetting the whole thing. Are we sure it's not down to the head coach? Are we completely sure it's not down to the head coach when it comes to getting this team prepared, making the right decisions to get this team in a position to win said games? Like, because I know one thing, as much as things have not worked out in New England for the last few years. You want to talk about a team that still surprisingly gives Andy Reid and Kansas City some fits? It's been the Patriots with Bill Belichick. 
surprisingly. They still kind of give them a little bit of a headache defensively. If you told me you put Bill Belichick's philosophies on a roster that at least is close, if not at Kansas City's level on in the regular season at least, I think that that could be a difference in a postseason situation, personally. Like, I feel like, as though yeah. I would trust Bill versus Sean McDermott in those postseason scenarios when you have to get the win if you just told me that he had the quarterback. You talk about ready-made roster? Buffalo's a ready-made roster. That that seems like a good fit to me from that standpoint. Now, I don't know what that means for a guy like Brandon Bean, but I, I do know that, like, if you're telling me, give me a Super Bowl roster with a Super Bowl-winning head coach, that's Buffalo. <laughs> that's Bill Belichick. So I don't think the solution, though, is a complete reset in Buffalo, though. And, and the reason for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by Granger. For the ones who get it done. I think it makes sense for Philadelphia is that Philadelphia, it it looks like they're drowning a little bit in terms of like cultural fit. Like they, they might need a complete reboot and a reset of the cultural fit because it seems like that team might be ready to, to mutiny against their coach. Uh, Dallas, similar situation. The playoff frustrations will build up, even though it seems like they love Mike McCarthy. Dallas is one of those places that feels like they are further away from, from getting to the final destination than Buffalo is. Uh, Jets and Giants, obviously, they're their own individual cases. Saints are their own individual case. But... With Buffalo, I think they're that close. And I'm not even saying like Sean McDermott is is the problem there. They need a reset or whatever it is. But I don't think the trade-offs of you're going to completely change your culture in a place where it's already not fun to play in. <laughs> you're going to completely reset the culture. I don't think that – I think Bill Belichick would be the not just a, a, a strange fit. I think it would be the wrong decision to pivot so dramatically from McDermott to Bill Belichick, especially because McDermott hasn't been that bad. Like McDermott – for all the jokes no, that we make about he, him, he has kept the thing on on the straight and narrow this, path. Again, he hasn't been that bad. But, you know, Tony Dungy, people will say, was he that bad? But the Bucks still made the move to get John Gruden, and that won them a Super Bowl. Sometimes you just got to change up the chemistry in a locker room. And if you have the talent there, you just need the coaching sometimes. And I think that even in his worst years, even in this downslide that Bill Belichick is in, He's still a better head coach than Sean McDermott. Again, he's I, a bad GM, better head coach. But what are the trade-offs that you're getting? Because you're completely changing your leadership philosophy at the same time as well. It's a very type A versus type B situation. You're you're making a complete reset of what the locker room is going to feel like, what the players are going to have a relationship with their coaches. You're going to you're going to potentially bring in some of those schmucks who are the coordinators in New England in exchange for Joe Brady and uh, I don't know who the defensive coordinator well, is in Buffalo. Here, let me anymore. let me throw this out there though for you. Yes, of course you you do talk about like the issues with changing the coordinators and everything. For Bill Belichick, the rest of his career, no matter where he coaches at this point, Josh McDaniels ain't leaving him now. Josh McDaniels is not leaving for another head coaching opportunity because guess what? He's my OC for life at this point. He's tied to me at the hips. And as much as I shit on Josh McDaniels as a head coach, he's a good coordinator. 
he would love to have a guy like Josh Allen, I'm sure. So I think that, sure, that would but... be a that would be a huge benefit to them because in any team that honestly hires Bill is that you know who your offensive coordinator is. And the great part, because your offensive coordinator has already failed as a head coach twice, he's not leaving a third time. That's the truth of the matter. Yeah, it's the Steve Spagnolo situation. It's like the, the when Kansas City brought in Spagnolo, no one's really looking at him for a head coaching job or Munkin with uh, Baltimore. It's like no, he's never really going to leave for a, a higher position. This is the cream of the crop unless uh, he ultimately gets fired. But I wouldn't go that dramatic of a, of a culture shock for Buffalo. I would even be skeptical to go that dramatic of a culture shock if I'm Dallas, but I understand the reasons for doing it if you're Dallas, because I genuinely do think Mike McCarthy is a big part of the reason that they're being held back. Defensive standpoint, though, it's interesting for Dallas, because if Dan Quinn doesn't end up getting the Seattle Seahawks job, which we don't we don't really know exactly who Seattle's going to hire at this point, if Dan Quinn doesn't get that Seahawks job, I mean... Dallas might, even if they fired McCarthy and even if they fired Schottenheimer, I don't think they are like eager to let Dan Quinn walk out the door. And that's such a weird thing to say, thinking back to the 28-3 Super Bowl from a couple of years ago, that the Cowboys are like, we would rather maintain Dan Quinn's defensive philosophy than go in and get Bill Belichick. Like that's, that's something that I take pause at, yeah. but I also understand if Dallas just looks up and says, Clean house, clean slate, let Belichick come in, bring his own people and see if he can get something out of this roster that McCarthy and and Quinn and and previously Jason Garrett weren't able to get. Now, here's what I would say for Dallas, too. And, you know, let's start wrapping this up. I would just say that Dallas does have the benefit that since they don't have to necessarily fire a GM or something when it comes to their organization, they could just bring Belichick in and it's just a co-partnership with the owner. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Uh, Stephen Jones, Jerry Jones, and Bill, respectively, they can make it work from there because it's not so much a power struggle aside from owner-coach, which, yeah, I know that that didn't work for Jimmy Johnson back in the day, but I think Jerry is more at a point in his career where he's willing to cede control. Now, I think the Joneses are still going to be out there making suggestions, player suggestions, and for the most part, here's what I would say as much as, again, people crap on Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones. I think they do a good job of player personnel decisions for the most part. Like they, they tend to draft the right people. They have excellent skill position players. We talk about their roster every single year and say, damn, they got this guy. They got this guy. They got Michael Parsons at 12th pick in the draft. They've made good decisions. They just haven't necessarily, again, whether it's Jason Garrett or Mike McCarthy had the guy to bring them over the top. And people are still going to question their quarterback too. Do we have the right quarterback to bring us over the top? I think the DAC is fine enough. Dak is good enough. He's better than anything the Bills had at quarterback in the last four years since Tom Brady left. So I think that Bill could work with that defense, with Micah Parsons, with Trevon Diggs, with uh, Leighton Vander Esch, can make that defense hum and get enough from his offense as long as how Dak plays game manager for you know a season or two with Bill. They can make that a Super Bowl competitive roster for sure. It would be scary. I don't want that in the NFC personally as a Niners fan, but I do think that I could see the benefits of them making that decision. 
Um, ultimately, you know, if you're like an NFC team, you want him to take over one of these bad situations like the Giants or something like that. You don't want Bill Belichick going to a good team. You know, the NFL doesn't want Bill Belichick going to a good team because they know that Bill can get the most out of a good team's roster to make a good team great. That's that's the truth. I think that he still has the ability to make a good team great. He just can't make a bad team, which I think the New England Patriots are a bad team. He can't make that good anymore. He can't make a bad team a playoff roster anymore. Yeah, but I feel like that would be a good thing if he were able to get in there and and make Dallas great or make Philadelphia great again. Um, Now, when I say the NFL, I mean NFL fans, like fans of other fan bases or fans of other organizations, other teams. They don't want to see the Cowboys and Bill Belichick succeeding Mm -hmm. together. Now, if you ask Roger Goodell, if you ask the television network providers, I guarantee that they would say, we want the Cowboys to be good, (laughs) right? Well, we see like 50 million people tune in for both the AFC and NFC championship games. If I told you Dallas was in the NFC championship game against the Niners, what would that rating be? I mean, we almost got it this year if if Dallas hadn't just thrown up on themselves and uh, fell apart in the first round of the playoff. But I mean, yeah, Bill Belichick gives you a chance to get better. I just don't think I don't think it's Buffalo, though. I don't think Buffalo makes sense when it comes to Belichick. But Dallas, absolutely. Philadelphia, absolutely. The New York Giants. Oh, man, I know it's technically a playoff team from two years ago, but uh, oh, I don't know about that. Also, I love the idea of him having history with the organization being literally before both of us were born, which is absolutely impeccable history that Bill Belichick has it being is around history, so though. long. It happened in the past. It's history. It It is. But like what I guess the Mara family is still in charge, but this is like yeah. the children of the people who used to employ him. So like, I don't know. uh I don't know exactly how that would brush over for him, but I, the Giants one, oh boy, I have no idea what's going to happen there. And by the way, <laughs> the, the Jets kind of have a playoff caliber roster. If they hadn't had literally the worst offense in the NFL the last two years, they probably would have made the playoffs at least once. So I, I think you could you could check the Jets off as playoff caliber roster as well in this group. That would be a funny one. That would be hilarious, honestly, too, if that ended up happening. But all right, guys, well, Bill Belichick, we know he's not getting a coaching job this offseason, but what about next offseason? Where do you think he lands? Stay safe, happy, and healthy. We'll see you next time. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.